1: This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Revelation.
0: Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for with every sunrise.
2: The new city of Jerusalem is roughly about the size of the moon. Now, some translations when they translate furlongs and stadia they will come up with slightly different measurements 1380 miles 1400 miles the new american standard version of the bible actually says 1500 so it's this is approximate but that gives you an idea of the size and the scope here it is huge
1: As Christians, it's safe to say that heaven is one of the most exciting places to think about and discuss. It's described in the Bible with some specific visuals. But other than that, God leaves it up to us to imagine what we will experience. In today's message, Pastor Gary wants you to know that heaven will be more extraordinary than you could ever imagine. It may seem a ways away from where you're currently at in your life, But never stop reminding yourself of God's promise over your life. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Revelation chapter 21 with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection.
2: Chapter 21 is where we're going to be, and then we're going to move into chapter 22, perhaps if we have enough time so we've been working off of this timeline for the past many months, and we are now in the end of the book of Revelation dealing with the new heaven and the new earth. The Bible tells us that this present earth and the present heaven where God resides will both be destroyed and replaced, and this is God's doing, so this is not a terrible thing. This is, this is a completely new beginning, and this is the reason why God is doing it because he's bringing about a new heaven and a new earth because it's a new day. The old order of things have passed away. Behold, I make all things new. And so he doesn't want to just do a makeover with the earth and all of the history that's happened on the earth and all the sin and the terrible things. He wants a completely new beginning so we can spend eternity with him on a new earth where literally heaven comes onto earth. Because in chapter 21 and into chapter 22, John writes about the new Jerusalem, a city that comes out of heaven onto earth... And um, John's not the only one who writes about it here in Revelation. In fact, the prophet Isaiah would write about it in chapter 65. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. So even 700 and some years before christ isaiah prophetically saw this which is in our future so you know he's looking way beyond the timeline to this day when there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth there's going to be no more crying no more pain the apostle peter also saw this he would write in second peter 3 10 to 13 but the day of the lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells, because there will be no unrighteousness. There will be no unbelievers." in this new Jerusalem, this new heavenly city that comes on earth, this new earth, uh, God will be present. He will be among us, dwell among us, walk with us. You know, this is all a a, a full circle to, you know, God's original intention. Um, Because in Genesis, it talks about how God would walk with Adam in the cool of the day. There was this real fellowship that God had, but then man broke that fellowship because of man's sin and rebellion against God. Uh, John even writes about how We will see his face. So we will see him face to face. Death, pain, and all our sorrows will be absent. That's a good thing. Nobody likes death. Nobody likes sorrow. Nobody likes pain. This is physical, spiritual, emotional we're talking about. You know, no more physical chronic pain, no more emotional pain, no more tormenting yourself over your past, still feeling the shame of what you've done, even though Jesus has forgiven you. Sometimes we're unforgiving about ourselves. So no more death, pain, or sorrows. All things will be new. Uh, believers will be present. Unbelievers will be absent because there's been a final judgment at the end of chapter twenty. All the unbelievers have been thrown into the lake of fire along with the Satan, Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet. Chapter twenty-one: No sun or moon will be present, but the light will be bright with God's glory. No sun or moon. God will illuminate the whole place with His Shekinah glory. Um, you know, sun obviously is a regulator of heat. So God is going to be the perfect regulator of heat. No more arguments between husbands and wives about the thermostat. It's going to be a glorious day. Uh, no moon. You know, moons are involved in the, the ebb and flow of the tides, the gravitational pull of the tides. But back in chapter 21, verse 1, it says no more oceans. So you don't need to worry about the tides. Right now, the earth is covered. Uh, approximately 74% of the earth's surface covered in water. Uh, but not with the new earth and not the new heaven. There's no sea, there's no oceans, there's no beach. I don't know if my wife's gonna be happy here or not. (laughs) Some of you won't either. You will, because everything is new and so you won't even care. The wall will be high and wide with 12 gates of pearl and it specifically says that each gate is a separate pearl all by itself. And it says that the names of the 12 tribes of Israel are etched on each of these 12 pearls that serve as gates to this heavenly city. And then number eight, the foundation will be deep with 12 layers. And also in the the chapter, it tells us that the names of the um, 12 apostles will be etched on the 12 layers of the foundation. Okay, we know of the original 12 that Jesus chose, it's absent Judas. So who's the 12th? And most believe probably Paul's name will be there on the the wall of fame, if you will. Um, and so that's where we left off. I'm going to read here from chapter 21. I'm going to read um, verse 15. Well, start at verse 14, actually. Verse 14, it says, Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The Lamb, of course, the reference to Jesus, that, that name, that title given 29 times in the book of Revelation about Jesus. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. Now, by the way, who is he who speaks with John? Well, that's back up in verse 9. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me. So um, that event, the seven bowls, was back in Revelation chapter 16. There was an angel who... Uh, poured out each successive bowl. And one of those angels is kind of taking John in, in the spirit realm, taking John on a tour of this new heavenly city. And so this, um, this angel talked with him there in verse 15. And he had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. It's length, breadth, and height are equal. And then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. The construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass." The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second, sapphire, the third, chalcedony, the fourth, emerald, the fifth, sardonyx, the sixth, sardius, the seventh, chrysolite, the eighth, beryl, the ninth, topaz, the tenth, chrysoprase, the eleventh, jacinth, and the twelfth, amethyst. "...the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light." And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day, there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life." Now, it tells us here that in verse 16, the city is laid out as a square, and that its length is as great as its breadth, and that he measured the city with a reed that's 12,000 furlongs. But notice this, its length, breadth, and height are equal. So even though it talks about how it's laid out as a square, it's actually describing a cube here, that this city is built like a cube And it is large because it tells us that it measures 12,000 furlongs. Now, if you have other translations of the Bible, if you have an NIV or an ESV, it says 12,000 stadia. And we're talking the same kind of ancient measurement that turns out to be about 1,500 miles in every direction. 1,500 miles in every direction. This is basically the distance between here and Colorado. 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 mile, miles long, 1,500 miles high, because it says there that he measures the length, breadth, and height, and they're all equal. So this is very interesting. It's very large. Now, to give you a perspective, the old city of Jerusalem presently is only one mile square. Not one square mile, just one mile in about every direction. And and what we're talking comparatively here is 1,500 times that. I mean, it's 1,500 miles in every direction. It, by the way, is roughly the size, even though we're talking a sphere versus a cube, but it's roughly the size of the moon. The new city of Jerusalem is roughly about the size of the moon. Now, some translations, when they translate furlongs and stadia, they will come up with slightly different measurements, 1,380 miles, 1,400 miles. The New American Standard Version of the Bible actually says 1,500. So it, it's, this is approximate, but that gives you an idea of the size and the scope here. It is huge. Now, some interesting considerations about the size of this particular city that's coming Dr. Henry Morris, somebody I've quoted many times before, he was the founder of Institute for Creation Research. He died in 2006. I had a chance to meet him before he died. But back in the 60s, he was the dean of civil engineering at Virginia Tech. He got his PhD at Rice. So, you know, very smart man. And he did some mathematical calculations of the size of the city and the population that may likely be in it. And Dr. Morris, this is just intriguing. It's not, you know, decided that he just kind of was crunching some numbers. And he said, look, roughly, if you look at past, present, and potentially future population until Jesus comes, until this new city, that there will be roughly a hundred billion people who have, who have come and gone. One hundred billion. Past, present, and future. And his calculation was if you were to Consider, and this is just a random number that he drew, that maybe 20% came to faith in Christ over the course of those 100 billion people who lived and died on the planet. Then you're talking 20 billion people will be in the New Jerusalem. 20 billion. Now, right now, there's only about 8 billion people on the whole planet. But if over the course of human history, 20% of people came into relationship with Christ, again, that number is just, you know, a random number. But it, it could very well be, we're talking 20 billion people who are living in the New Jerusalem. That feels crowded to me. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I, just, I, I was thinking, you know, maybe just, you know, a million. You know, how, I, I don't know what number you had in your head. Like, what do you think is going to be in heaven? But I thought we might have a little bit more elbow room. But here's what's interesting. Dr. Morris continued with the calculation. He said, listen, since the city... Is described in the Bible as a cube. Now, this is you have to think outside the cube on this. All right, it is likely that a city block is not a square block; it is a cube block, and that you have avenues going vertical and you have uh, avenues going horizontal. So, it's kind of an interesting concept to think about. But he said, when if if you were to calculate fifteen hundred miles in every direction, and you have avenues, city streets that are going both vertical as well as horizontal within this cube you have more than enough space to accommodate 20 billion people so it's it's very intriguing i just throw that out there because uh, a man a lot smarter than i am um, came up with some of these figures but you know that's the size at least the bible tells us the approximate size is 1500 miles in every direction and and it's huge uh, but also number 10 on our list is the city will be beautiful with every precious stone Now, it tells us in verse 18 that the wall itself, and again, this is a walled city. The wall of the city was made of jasper, that's in verse 18, and the city was of pure gold. But when it tells us that it was made of pure gold, it adds like clear glass. And in fact, the the same thing is mentioned in verse uh, 21, at the end of verse 21, it says, And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. So it, it's hard for us to grasp that something gold could also be transparent. Because we think of something gold as opaque. We don't think of it as transparent. You can see through it. But, but it has a gold glimmer to this whole city, and yet it's transparent. The, the glory of God is gonna shine through every wall, every street, everything within this city. God's spirit and his glory is gonna, is going to, you know, move within and without and around. Uh, And so there's something solid yet transparent about this. So when we talk about "Oh Streets of Gold" and you know we sing the song, I can only imagine um, there's truth to that. This this future city, at least, this is not necessarily a description of what heaven looks like now, but at least it tells us that the new heaven, the new Jerusalem, city of Jerusalem, which is heaven on earth, is going to be made of gold. And it's going to be, though, transparent like glass. So it's an interesting concept there. And there are 12 foundations to the wall. As we look at these colors here, there are 12 foundations, and each foundation has a different color. And again, each of the 12 foundations of the wall have the names of the different apostles etched within the wall. And uh, some people want to make a comparison between and, and those of you who love to get into this kind of a Bible uh, trivia, you, you look at, okay, we have 12 layers here, 12 different gems. Does this correlate? If, for those of you who remember, the high priest in the Old Testament had 12 different gems within his ephod, or the vestment that he wore. People try to make a correlation, but it's hard to make that correlation. Eight out of the 12 gems that the priest wore in his ephod match out of these 12, but only 8, and then then it it doesn't make the full comparison. So um, you can do with it what you want, but um, this is a list here of gemstones that are the color and and are the substance of these 12 foundation layers of the walls. Now, I'm going to give you a brief overview of what these colors might look like, but you have to bear in mind that what we might call jacinth is not necessarily the color that adjacent when, when we get to this new city. But, um, and in fact, even when you look at different, I'm not a gemologist, obviously. And, uh, and, but when you look at different details about what gemologists say about some of these stones, there's even variance within gemologists about what, how you would define, for example, the first one on the, on the list here is, is Jasper again. Not only was the wall made of jasper and the city was pure gold, but verse 19, the foundation of the wall of the city was adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. Jasper is a multicolored gem. It is in the mineral class of quartz and it is usually reddish from iron oxide, but then when you read different... People who study these kind of things, they say, yeah, but it can also be white, it can also be yellow, it can also be green, it can also be orange. So who knows what jasper will look like in the New Jerusalem. The next layer, number two, if you just read from verse 19 on, this is the list I'm going to go through. Sapphire. Well, we pretty much know sapphire is a, a clear, deep blue gem. The third layer is chalcedony. That is thought to be a greenish stone with a few stripes of other colors mixed in. The fourth layer is emerald, pretty familiar with emerald, a bright green stone, dark, rich green. Uh, The fifth layer is sardonyx. Sardonyx is a reddish-white onyx similar to the color of healthy fingernails. So that's kind of this pinkish color, reddish-white. The sixth layer is sardius, some translations say carnelian, which is a fiery red stone. Now, that is one stone that does match the vestment of the high priest. The Sardius stone occupied the first place on the high priest's ephod, and it represented in birth order the tribe of Reuben. The seventh layer is chrysolite. Chrysolite is a bright, light green color. The eighth foundation is beryl. Beryl is a sea green emerald lighter than Chalcedony. The ninth layer is topaz. It's a transparent greenish-yellow stone. The tenth layer is chrysoprase. It's a yellowish-pale green stone similar to aquamarine color. So there's a lot of green in the new city, uh, at least in terms of what we think of these gems. The eleventh layer is jacinth. It's a violet hyacinth-colored gem. So we get into some purple colors here at the end because the 12th foundation is amethyst and that is a purple colored stone. So it's going to be a very, very beautiful, colorful city. Many years ago when I was probably, I'm going to guess 12 or 13, I remember uh, my mom taking me to some church somewhere in Northern Virginia. I don't remember where we went But we went to hear the testimony of a man whose name was Marvin Ford. And he was going around traveling the country talking about his after-death experience. That he was a believer and he died he was clinically dead for 30 minutes. And and he talked about what he saw in heaven. Now, you know, I'm always somewhat cautious about, you know, people who, you know, talk about, well, I've, I've been to heaven and dark tunnels and, and, or people that I've been to hell and, and all I'm going to really ultimately rely on is the Bible. But I do remember one thing that Marvin Ford said in his testimony was that he saw colors that he had never seen. And the description here, it's interesting because all of these beautiful gems speak of beautiful colors. It's a very, very colorful place that we have to try to imagine. Now, here's what's mind boggling. We have three primary colors on, you know, on on the color wheel, from which all other colors are derived. What if there was just one more primary color? I mean, it would open up a whole other host that we've never seen. It would open up a whole other host of colors that we can't even imagine. And so I was reading some statistics on this, just in terms of color and what the human eye can actually see. Now, this is based on what researchers say are derived from the three primary colors that we have right now, just based on, you know, the, the red, yellow, and blue primary colors from which all other colors are derived on the color wheel. There are 1,000 shades of light. This is what we can see with the human eye. 1,000 shades of light. Within those shades, we can detect 100 different levels of red-green shades. And we can also see 100 levels of yellow-blue shades. So it works out when you take 1,000 times 100 times 100... Researchers say that the human eye can basically see, are you ready, 10 million different shades of color. So if there was one more, just one more primary color, we're talking millions more of colors we can't even imagine.
0: And open ocean, jump in and you'll
2: find
1: the cornerstones, your connection
0: run towards your new life.
1: Thanks for listening today to Cornerstone Connection. This book of revelation that you've been studying with Pastor Gary is one that many have studied and analyzed, tried and tried again to pinpoint on a timeline. When will Jesus come? When will these and times events take place? Have they already begun? There are many questions we don't have the answers to, and we won't until they happen. But there are some truths that we can hold on to these events will happen. Jesus is returning, and he will defeat Satan once and for all. And all those who have made Jesus Lord in their life will be with him for eternity. What a wonderful time that will be. So where does that leave us? It's important to know what's coming so that you can prepare now and trust Jesus for what we don't know. We must give our lives to the Lord, and we need to give others the opportunity to do the same. We're so glad you tuned in for today's study in Revelation. If you'd like to explore more teachings from God's Word that Pastor Gary has shared, visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. There you'll also learn more about the church behind this ministry, Cornerstone Chapel. Come visit us if you're in the area. All the information you need is at cornerstoneconnection.cc. Join us next time for more here on Cornerstone Connection.
0: They say you're a wandering soul
1: That you've got no place to go But still you
0: know you're not alone